Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Music and Education in Technology podcast. I'm Chris Russell, and with me right here today is... Paul Simmons. And we are actually in the same room for a change. Normally, we're like states apart from each other, but Chris has come to Michigan to visit for the Michigan Music Conference, and we decided to take advantage of the moment. Yeah, so we're here today, and uh, Paul's got an Airbnb here. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm in a hotel, and and uh, we've we've had the chance to actually meet each other for the first time. And I was actually surprised how tall Paul is. <laughs> That's some of those things you don't think about, right? No, because you, you've seen each other. And, and Katie, I was talking with Katie Dwinnell, who's, um, she's works for Quaver, and she was on one of our earlier podcasts. And she said, it, she said that was really funny, because she said, because I thought you and Paul, like, have like known each other for like 20 years by the way you were talking i'm like no no we've just emailed and tweeted and, and now a podcast you know i think the majority of our conversations has always been through email or tweets until this last six months yeah, i don't even know if we'd heard each other's voices actually no i don't think we had well, maybe videos that we'd seen of each yep. other's videos yep. because both of us will put up videos from time to time yep. so we've been at um the Michigan Music Conference. It's in its 12th year, and it's kind of a different conference because um, one organization doesn't oversee it. It's a collaborative effort between like four different state organizations. Right. You get the band, strings, vocal people, the elementary ed people, and then there's, I think, one more in there too. But And other states typically don't do that. I mean, they all have equal footing in, in the conference. So it's it's kind of different because then you know every group has its own policies and, and 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 like in Minnesota we have different organizations but there's only one state conference run by the MMEA and then everybody else if you attend it the other groups still have their other conferences and things so it's it's kind of a unique approach with that everybody has kind of equal footing is that common no for for you guys do or what we do for what like I guess I'm just used to this. Yeah, no, it's that's pretty common is that you have a normal state organization and then everything else is kind of a splinter All right. off of that or a subset off of that or a separate group off of that. So it, it's been a little interesting. And the fact that it's only the 12th annual conference, I know I've been going to Minnesota conferences for the 20 years I've been in Minnesota teaching. We've had those conferences for years. So was there a conference before this? Yeah, this is the Michigan Music Conference and. It's only been 12 years that it's been here in Grand Rapids. And before that, it was in Ann Arbor and um, at the University of Michigan. And that was one of the reasons we kind of tried to get out of there is to get it out from underneath their umbrella and to I, redo the organization of who runs it and who has a say in it. And I don't know, I think it's working out pretty good. And yesterday they had a pre-conference on the Thursday where it was all technology and that's even kind of run kind of differently. There is a person who's the chair of right. the of your technology committee, but then um, the morning was I don't know. I'd say about a dozen different sessions people could attend. Yeah, yeah. And then the afternoon was a choice of three sessions held two times that you could go to, and one session was uh, social media, tweeting, Facebook, um, web pages. Another one was notation that that you and Joe Gar yep. ran. And then a third one was GarageBand Audacity, ran by parts of your team. But it, it was really well run. Um, I've I've been to a number of conferences, and to have that tech focus, um, just um, and you said that you guys haven't even met in person. 
No, that so, tech committee has been like a Google Hangout a couple of times and lots of Google documents back and forth to organize things. And Denise is our chair, and she's been the one going back to the MMC board and the people that are in charge of things there. And she's like our in-between. Um, and it's worked out really well. Um, and I sh we should say, too, that Thursday's tech is only one portion of the pre-conference because then there's like a conducting symposium and the strings people do something different and... So there's all different pre-conference sessions going on. Not like today where everybody's just like running around all together. Yeah, and it was really it was really fun to see how many people were there. Um, it was really well attended. And uh, the sessions were all generally full. Yeah. And uh, interesting people with interesting problems. Um, some of my favorite, there was, a, there was a lady, there's always one of these in your crowd that doesn't quite know what they're doing. And they always wants you to go back and repeat what you, what you said. And um, this person in particular um, kept speaking up and saying, will you just show us, um, you know, I don't want to try it. Will you actually just show us how to do it? And that, there's always that one person. Then there was the one guy who had um, Surface Pros at his yeah. school. And he's like, well, I have one-to-one -one Surface Pros in my school. And like every head in the room turns and looks at him and said, what did you just say? Because nobody has that problem. You know, <laughs> problem. Yeah. You know, then so he was trying to find solutions. And then my other favorite one was the guy right at the very end of your, I think it was your second yep. session, Paul, that he just stopped and he kind of yelled at everybody and said, "I want four programs that I should be looking at." Yeah. What's your right top now. four? Give me your top four. And it was like really strong, but again, a really good summary. So um, Paul led some sessions with Joe yesterday, looking at notation, and you guys also did kind of an open roundtable. Yeah, the last two years we've kind of we've tried to do that. Where when I was presenting, it wasn't just me and Joe up there doing our predetermined format for an hour and a half. It was, you know, what we're going to start with music notation, but we want to hear from you guys. What are your questions? What are your thoughts? If we end up on some other whole discussion that's not music notation, that's all right. We just wanted a starting point. And so it was nice. You know, you were there and you threw in your two cents and questions from the audience took us in a whole new direction for each of the sessions. And um, it was fun. I was really trying to stay quiet if I could help it. I mean, I really was. Because, like, we got caught into the copyright discussion yep. at one point with digital music. And because uh, that one, the same person with the Surface Pros actually brought that one to everybody's attention of, well, I'm scanning music and how can I share it with my students most effectively and then you have to backtrack and talk copyright and legality and or the lack thereof and yep. and then um the other interesting thing was um the other everybody wants to know how to scan music and you know? what is the way to do that and at the same time that finale just took it out took it out because of the same issue yeah and um, the other interesting, have you seen, we didn't even talk about the Paul and I've been visiting, talking about what we're going to talk about, but not really. We've been playing with all <laughs> sorts of stuff and we've been talking a lot over the last two days, but, um, did you see that, um, Musitech, that, um, music to music XML program that was written about in the Sibelius blog? No. Um, originally Finale 25 was going to have, you could take a picture of a document and it would convert it to music XML. And that's basically the same thing that Notate Me has done for, what is it, two years, yep, two and a half years. years. And the same thing that uh, Music Scanner or Sheet Music Scanner is doing. But if you want that from Musitech, it's a $100 program. 
So somebody had asked about that too, but and that scans PDFs that are on your computer. No, I think it's just you take pictures with. Take your, a picture. Okay. Yeah, same same basic thought, but it's a hundred dollar program. And somebody even emailed me to ask if I'd seen that. And I was like, well, I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on a product that I already know that I have things that work as well as. And no offense, um, Musitech that Smart Score X2, mm -hmm. it's better. It's still not as good as what I've had with Neurotron with their Photoscore. Right. And then again for that four dollar or five dollar app, the Sheet Music Sheet Scanner. Sheet Music Scanner. Oh yeah. I mean, and we actually found a bug. Um, in it. it's not really a bug. The, the 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 developer. Hopefully, he'll come on with us sometime. I believe he's from Scotland. Um, he he makes it perfectly clear this app doesn't do everything yet. And so what we did is uh, Joe had had a score that had a change to the alto clef. Yep. In the middle of it, and they used the sheet music scanner, and it caught the clef change, and it even changed the notes. But when we imported it into Notion, it was it, like really high. It didn't get it, so I emailed the developer. I didn't even talk to you about this, and the developer got back to me today and said, "Oh yeah, that was not a part of it yet. So I'm going to put that into a, a priority list as I update for a future update to catch that clef change, even though it did catch it. Right. But the exporting is a whole nother. And that brings yeah. us back to the discussion of you should not have just one app, maybe. Yep. You know, for the price of these things, have Notate Me with the Photoscore plugin and Sheet Music Scanner because they both will scan differently and recognize different items. So that's, that's been fun. And I, I've done a presentation so far on iPads and Chromebooks and... Ukuleles tomorrow. Ukuleles tomorrow and Chromebooks again. They wanted two of those Chromebooks. The Chromebook one was really was a really small room. Right, but it was well attended. It was well attended, yeah, and... It'll be interesting to see who shows up tomorrow. Yeah, and the, the ukulele one is at 3 o'clock, which is at the same time as the Allstate uh, Choir Conference, <laughs> or the Allstate Choir uh, Performance, and um, I guess the, the display area, vendor area, shuts down at 1. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see if there's anybody left other than me in the room. So, you know, that's the way it kind of goes. But I, I ran into one lady who was looking at ukuleles today already, and she was like, oh, you're going to do that session? So she asked me a bunch of questions. So, so you know there'll be one person. There'll be Well, actually, she said she couldn't be there tomorrow. Oh, no. So it's all right. It's all good. So we, Paul and I were looking at the news. They're like, what's going on? What can we talk about? And um, he's, well, I'll let Paul go. He's got the first one. You should see the size of his iPad Pro. I mean, <laughs> it literally makes my iPad Air 2 look like it got shrunk in a microwave or something. Looks like it, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it got shrunk. Honey, I shrunk my iPad. Oh, I love my <laughs> iPad Pro. Yeah, we were looking at uh, news coming out of NAM, which is over in Anaheim, California right now, looking to see what's interesting for music educators. And there's a new kid on the block called Comp, K-O-M-P, which is handwriting on an iPad for music notation, which... Uh, Notion has right now, um, and works pretty well. And Notate Me was, I think, the first one. Out, yeah, I think wasn't it, it? Yeah, on the iPad. Yep. Yep. And, and then, then Staff Pad is for what Windows? Yep. Um, Windows Ten. And then there's also that Touch Notation app by Kawai, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And uh, the Kawai one does export to XML. Yeah, we played played with that today. Yep, and of bit. course, Notion does XML export as well. In Comp, apparently, that is like the language. That XML is what they're using. What's what's the website that that came from? What they're semitone dot audio. Semitone. I didn't even know that that audio was a uh, one of those yeah. URL 
endings. That's interesting. www.semitone.audio. Coming quarter one is all that it says. And there's a short demo on there. So if you're interested, something to keep up on. And, of course, they're using the large iPad Pro as well. Well, who wouldn't? Right? With the Apple it. Pencil. But it will work with your finger. And, so. and we should give credit where credit's due. Philip Rothman, who's the developer or the, the author of the Sibelius Brog. Did I say Brog? Yes, Sibelius Blog. Um, by the way, follow that. If you're interested in notation at all, follow Philip. Um, he's like the music notation industry's go-to guy. Um, sometimes I'll get emails from some of the companies, but generally they're going to contact Philip first. And he's in the business of typesetting and notation. That's that's their New York City music services is what he really does for a living. And there's also, yeah, yesterday there was also a Sibelius update too as, yep. as he's pulling up that blog right now. But anyway, Philip is out there at NAM. We're not jealous at all. I was down, <laughs> I was in Tampa last week, so I don't feel bad. And anybody from Tampa that's that's listening to the podcast, thanks for joining us. It was fun to be down there for the Florida uh, Music Educators Conference last week. Next week I'll be in Illinois. So you're making the rounds. You said five or six in the year. So including Iowa and uh, Minnesota in 2016, there's four, and then I'll end the year or end the season in Maryland in February. Where at in Maryland? Um, Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm planning a a big doing the Good Morning Baltimore from Hairspray, planning on getting off the plane and and striking. No, just kidding. (laughs) I could sing it, but it wouldn't sound quite as good as Tracy Turnblad. But was, and you were saying you do anyways from one to five sessions at some of these places. Yeah, sometimes it's just one. Like Illinois, it's just one. Um, sometimes they just choose one thing that they want you to talk about. And again, it's it's you. I typically, you apply a full year sometimes in yep. advance or seven or eight months in advance and you propose sessions and then a committee chooses from those sessions. And in rare occasions, you're accepted at two. Like this year, when Maryland's occurring is also when... Uh, Texas is occurring. Um, so I'm going to Maryland instead of Texas, but at Maryland I'm doing five sessions and some other things. So I have to think through how I'm going to do this in the future because my school is no longer letting, giving me days to go, and I have to use personal time or uh, be sick and use mental health days. Mental health. To, and it is mental health. Uh, Paul and I were just talking about this, how um, you know some people have said, don't people in your district think you're, they're so fortunate to work with you or whatever? <laughs> And the truth is, you know, a prophet is never welcome in his hometown. So in your hometown, you're just another person or, oh, there's the quack with the technology. Whereas, like, when you're speaking other places, people are like, oh, I'm glad somebody else is doing this. And I'm so glad you're, you're taking the time to do the message. And the other thing that's interesting is people think that, like, we're doing this for income. And, you know, I've got an iBook that maybe I'll sell 30 of this year. Yeah. You know, and everything else just, you know, if I teach a class for, like, the Wisconsin Center for Music Education, I'll get paid for that. Right. But you don't get paid to, to present at these conferences. And in fact, um, like here in Michigan, I have to pay to go to the conference, pay to travel to the conference, pay for the hotel. Pay and, for your food. Yeah. Pay uh, for the registration fee. Yep. yep. <laughs> and if it's and it, if you're lucky, you can, and you might keep all your receipts, you can deduct it at the end of the year, but that's not still your, you know, you're still behind. And I have to say, this was fun. Chris and I got to meet. This is the first time I actually got to see him present. You know, it's a, one thing to look on his website. He's got all of his past presentations on there going back, like, how far? 2005. He's been doing it a long time. Yeah. Did an awesome job. Well, I, was, I, was, I was impressed. Did um, the, the Chromebook people got a 
a lot of information to go back with. We went really fast because here in Michigan, the sessions are 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes they're, usually they're an hour, sometimes like an hour 15, so people build in questions. So we didn't get much question time. No, but you paced it well. You did well. Cover a lot, though. And I've only made five or six people mad. (laughs) Hey, you you can't make everyone happy. You can't make everyone happy. But, you know, you try to to keep people laughing. And, I mean, that's a really important thing. I try to always start with a video to loosen people up. That's kind of funny. And you can also judge the tone of a room. So if you play one of those funny videos and nobody laughs, you know. You're in trouble. Yeah, and and you just, I'm not going to spend the time with the jokes because then nobody will get it, you know. (laughs) So, and some people are serious. And then, you know, and the other thing is, it's possible, I mean, already when you do a session like on iPads or Chromebooks, you're already pushing the boundaries of way too much for one session. Oh, yeah. I mean, just in those topics alone, you're, you're there for anything other than an overview. But, you know, some people want you to go into in-depth, like on a specific app. Like, how do you do this? And that's a whole different kind of presentation. And you, you said know? you're going to do that at some of your conferences yeah, think, do like a four score or um, what else are you doing? A four score is really the only one that I've had people actually want to look deeply into. And there's a lot there, so it's good. Yeah. Oh, geez. And they keep adding stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but like, and then I also have some reservations like uh, like Notion. Notion mm-hmm. is one that I think people would really benefit, like Notion for iOS, how right. to do certain things. But then there's a part of me that thinks, well, that's really Notion's job to provide professional development and how to use notion but then you we're know? back to this discussion like the lady um in the, in our presentation yesterday where she says just show it to me and it happened to me this morning one of my good buddies band director right next door the next town over he says why would i want to use a music notation app on my ipad it's too small and I said, here, let me show you two things. As Paul pulls out his ginormous iPad Pro. <laughs> With that... the pencil. And I showed him. I showed him the notation of the, the handwriting thing. But then I showed him the on-screen keyboard. You hit record and you play. And within five minutes, he's walking out going, okay, I get it now. You know, and so is it Notion's job or is it our job? And this is part of what we do is, and why we write our blogs is just to share the ideas that we've come across that go, this makes my life so much better as a teacher. You know, it is Notion's job to some extent, but then we've got to share the, the good news too. Well, and we're willing to share. And that's the other thing is that um, in this world of music education, unfortunately, there is a combination of ego with a yeah. lot of people. Um, people that, that do everything they can do to crawl over other people to advance their own careers or to make themselves feel good about and, and that goes back to the days of being the diva soprano or the diva, diva trumpet player or whatever, you know, I mean, so what's really interesting in this world of technology and music education, almost everybody I know that I've met are good people that actually just want to help other teachers and they give it freely. And there's a part of the industry or, or part of the general population that just doesn't believe that's true. <laughs> but I can count of, of like the five people that I would say that, that blog and, mm-hmm. and do that nationally, every one of them is genuinely a good person that at their heart wants to help other people. And I don't think any one of us would be against getting paid for what we do. Right. But there really is no payment for what we do. No. You know, which is okay. I mean, although sometimes I get a free app. Right, you know, or yep. free renewal to software or something, but compared to being really making paid, a living, yeah, yeah, we're not making a living. No, in fact, if anything, we're taking away from our 
families remember when we were your wife was very uh very nice letting you go and do these things <laughs> it's yeah somebody i think you said that yesterday i did, Paul, I did. <laughs> didn't you and it's like well you know she was mad it's long story short but um i was down in tampa last week and um my wife couldn't come her her boss at work um found out that she has breast cancer so she's going through chemo and everything and, and therefore can't she can't leave right now and um she was not overly pleased about staying in minnesota where it's minus 13 degrees minus, not not yeah, not yeah. just 13. This is minus. minus 13 degrees on the same morning that I was presenting at Tampa where it was already 77 and sunny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but nonetheless, you know, it's 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 one of the things she lets me do partially. And that goes back to mental health is it's also good for me to get out because, again, when you're sharing with people and they want to learn and they're they really value what you're giving to them that actually gives you something back. There is a sense of goodwill. So like that lady that came and talked to me after the Chromebook session just came and shook my hand and said, thank you for the work you're doing. You know, this is such a need. Just just thank you. And that that's not as necessarily as good as getting a check for a new, that you could then buy a new MacBook with. Right. But it does warm your heart a little bit. Well, and it goes back to you should be going out to your state conferences because you get to see other people. You get to learn new tricks. You get to talk to people. You get out of your world and you get... New ideas, you get confirmation that what you're doing at your school is actually okay and you're doing okay, and it does do a lot for you. And the other thing is share what you're doing. And, and in the time that Paul and I have been blogging, so many people have stopped blogging. Yeah. There used to be a whole bunch of people blogging about technology, music, education. And that number is just continuing to decrease. Yep. Even on um, Joe Paisano's um, musetech.net, really the only person I see posts from anymore is Amy. Right. And who, who we hope will join us one of these days for our podcast. And um, now, granted, I know there's a couple other people that are blogging, and maybe we just don't know them yet. And if you are blogging, I know for sure send me your, your yes. blog because I want to link to it on my – I think, Paul, you've yep. got links, right? Absolutely. And that's the other thing is, like, I wrote an article for, for Make Music on yeah. um, affordable technology. Go and check it out. Um but anyway, one of the things I love about it is that at the bottom bottom of that article, I was able to say, hey, go check out these other people's stuff because they've written about this or they're masters in this field. And that goes back again to we're not out here to, you know, it's nice to get accolades, but we're here to help each other out too. So anyway, it's it's a great field and it's great to meet Paul in person and pretty much the same as yeah. talking to him over the years. But I think both of us have a pretty honest tone in our emails and tweets and, pretty straightforward <laughs> yeah you know it's so it wasn't really a surprise when we met each other and of course we've been chatting on the podcast so, so what else is new we, well, we talked um, about what is that thing again comp right comp yep keep your K eyes open quarter one um ik multimedia just had a couple of things doesn't look like much news yet they've got a new irig that will connect to your ipad and it looks like it will take midi um you know a quarter, quarter inch, inch. XLR. XLR, do you think it'd take an 8-inch input or an 8-inch input? I did input? not see that. Let me look. I don't know if it does or not. But anyway, and then if you buy that new one, it comes with like $600 of software that you can get for free, which is kind of interesting. So IK Multimedia, and they make all sorts of great stuff, although I don't think I own any of it. Do you have any IK Multimedia stuff, Paul? I do not. So hmm. as much as I would uh, encourage it. And they also have a new little... Um, Stage, kind of like a pickup. I'm trying to remember what its actual name is. iRig Stage. iRig Acoustic, acoustic stage. stage. And it kind of looks like a guitar pick, 
but it clips on your sound hole of your acoustic instrument, like a guitar or a ukulele. And it also has a feedback cancel button, so you can actually then um, attach to a, a right. mock, external speaker. Yep, it goes out a quarter-inch cable, an and then in, you can plug it into your sound system or, or whatever. And it's really built, and it's only 99 bucks. And I was telling Paul, there, right now the uh, most popular ukulele pickup is an under-the-bridge pickup called the Misi, or Maisai, one of the two. And actually, you charge it up. Um, and it battery lasts like six hours, and that's like $150 without installation, and you're stuck with it then on one ukulele. So if you were a ukulele player, you could buy that and use it on all your ukuleles, which yep. people that are, well, are ukulele players don't just have one. They have more. They <laughs> have more. Yeah, it's called ukulele acquisition syndrome, <laughs> and it's really true. They, they call it UAS on the board. So. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, so iRig has those two new things. USB. Um, Digital or yeah, digital USB interface to your like your Mac or your iPad. Yep, or your iPad. Yeah, so we just had that question the the other day too about how do you connect into the iPad. Remember the guy was asking about it. We were said mm -hmm. about uh, Personas has the the i two. Yeah, what's the, what's the name of it though? The i Audio Box i two. Yep. is that what it's called? I think it is. And the i one. So you know that iRig deal would be in the same deal. And that was how much was. Sixty-nine dollars for the new, the new um, iRig. Yep, sixty-nine. So, I mean, heck, you know that's that's a bargain. So, Paul's looking at Personas right now. I don't see it. It's yeah. there. It's there. Go Under look at products. Personas. Yeah, Personas.com, and you'll you'll find it. And they did. Personas has released two new audio interfaces for them too, um, but it's more for desktop recording. So if you're doing that, you want an audio interface box, look at Presonus's new ones. But if you're doing iPad, um, it's the AudioBox i1 and the AudioBox i2. It's a little... I've got the i2. I like it. Do you, I, and if, by the way, just as a side note, if you're a person that's trying to save some money, um, sometimes they do sell factory refurbished units on Presonus at a discount. So it's, it's worth checking that out too. The other big news is Apple... Dropped an update for GarageBand. Yeah, and and um, Logic. And Logic time, Pro X. Which is slowing down Paul's computer immensely today as, as we were playing with it. That's one bit. of our discussions is Chris is working out from a 2008 <laughs> MacBook. I'm working out from 2010. And Chris has upgraded his hard drive to a solid state. I have not, and I need to. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much that breathed life into that 2008. Um, it's... It's instant. Yeah. Um, the problem is I can't upgrade past, I think I'm on is Yosemite the last one? Sierra's the newest. On. Sierra's the newest. So whatever the previous one. Previous one. I don't, I, I think I'm it's stuck Yosemite. there. So I can't upgrade. So Paul and I, one of our questions was, if you were going to update, would you get the, the new Mac with the touch, touch bar, bar, which is a sliding bar on the top that customizes to the software? And my answer was, yeah, I'd, I'd do that. And my answer was, it, when I update, it's going to have the touch bar. But the problem, of course, is the reality of the price. Yeah. Because if I go to get the 15-inch with the 512 gigabyte hard drive, we're up to 2800 bucks. $2,800. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's... That's a lot of sweet talking to my wife. Oh, it's a lot of lawn it, mowing. And I'm not even sure I want to put out $2,800 for that. So, And the other, the, other, the other good news for Chris and I both is whatever laptop... Apple sells right now is better and more 
capable than what either of us have. Yeah. So, do we want the touch bar? Yes. Because I got the chance to play with it, and it's really cool. We both stopped by the Apple Store here in Grand Rapids. Woodland Mall. Yeah, I, I'm looking for the AirPods, which are Apple's new earbuds. That's what I kind of just stop in and I look to see just by chance if they're going to have them. <laughs> and they're not. Right now they're still back ordered through February yep. in most places. But every now and then Apple gets a shipment. And so I just, every time I stop. But it's funny, um, you were talking about sizes of Apple stores too. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm used to the Mall of America Apple store. You know, and Mall <laughs> of America is huge, right? So Apple store is ginormous. And, and here in Grand Rapids, they're not picking on it at all. It's a very small store. Yep. I bet you it's no more than... It's got to be one of the smaller stores. I mean, like, I, I, I know there's plenty of them that are that size. Yes, yeah, there's, like, Rose, even Roseville, Minnesota, is a smaller store <clears throat> like that. You know, the Apple Store in Mall America is a different... And it's not the Fifth Avenue one, which I understand is closed now oh. for renovations or something. You know, the famous yeah. glass cube one? In New York. The, yeah, I've yeah. been there once. Huh. Yeah, those glass steps are kind of freaky. <laughs> I bet. As you go down the... Woof. But anyway, so so yeah, so we both in there, but we played with that touch bar. Now my school is in the process of updating our old Macs, and I can't remember if they're 2010s or 2009s. I should probably look, and I can if I remember we can talk about. Well, it didn't you say it was the previous version? So that'd be like a 2012. Well, that's it? I don't know. It's I know I bought mine in 2008. I can't remember when our school district bought its Macs because we used to be a, a Windows only district. Oh. And they changed their mind. And then um, when I was a tech coach at the previous high school job that I had, that's when we got those. So it was somewhere between 2009 and 2012. I'm thinking 2010. So that's, and they had Lion at the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they decided that we're going to upgrade all the teacher computers and they have money in the budget to do it. So what they've gone with is last year's MacBook, you can, MacBook Pro. So you can still buy those. So it's the Retina screen. Um, so it's the version with the retina screen, a solid state drive, because our old, just like all MacBooks, I don't know what it is, but the old drives that aren't solid state are like deathly slow after a few years. Yeah. It's 5,200 RPM as it is. Yeah. It just, but they weren't that slow in the past. No. So how do they, I don't know. So it wears out. It's got to wear out. Is that what it's, it's, it's mechanical. Oh, so it's, it's got to be wearing nuts. out. So anyway, so that's, that's where we're going with. So we're not getting the ones with the touch bar. You know? But it's amazing compared to like Paul's computer, which I'm, I'm looking at right now on my 2008, they're literally like half the height, you know, the body. And yeah. part of that's they remove the optical drive. Right. So if you want to uh, play CD-ROM, play, play CDs or play like a DVD, you're going to have to buy an optical drive from like, I got mine from Amazon for 39 bucks. Yeah, that's I was surprised because I thought they were like, I think Apple's is like 70, 69 bucks or something. Yeah, that's if you want the shiny... So you know, 39 aluminum. bucks, though. That's yeah, not bad. It's not bad, you know, if you really need that. But the truth is, the majority of people don't even do that anymore. Right. You know. And mine would probably stay at home. Yep. I know my... Now, I already have come to the conclusion, my next MacBook will not have this, this DVD drive in it. I'm okay with that. I'll buy the $39 external one, put it on my desk at home. I'm good. Yep. And use it when you need to use it. So then... So anyway, so we were talking about... MacBooks, but then Apple, for NAM, updated Logic, which again, we, that's where we got off track there, sorry, and then um, GarageBand for iOS, and we've been playing with GarageBand for iOS, and we're, we're just kind of floored by the changes that they did. Here's then, one thing. Yep, go for it. If, if you've been doing 
um, iPad and creating music and buying synth apps on iPad. I don't know. I don't remember when Alchemy went away, but Alchemy was there and it was like this wonderful app. Um, and you can't buy it anymore. Sorry. But the good news is Apple had, when it went away, we weren't sure why. And eventually it did come out that Apple bought Alchemy, put it into Logic Pro, I think like last year, and now it has come out in, it's inside of GarageBand people. And of course the bad news is if you have an iPad Air or less, you're not going to get Alchemy in GarageBand for iOS. But the iPad Air 2 and up has Alchemy and it's a lot of fun. And so a lot of us are very much um, pleased by that. And if you're not sure of what it is, you can look on Apple's website. But it's kind of cool because it's gonna, it gives you eight variations, basically, that you can morph between. And we've got my iPad Pro sitting here. I should probably pitch something besides a, a sound effect. <laughs> I don't know, so here's a lead. There's the second variation. Third. Fourth. Fifth. It's just a lot of fun to sit there and morph it. And it's multi-touch. So Paul's playing with one hand, and then he's morphing those those uh, presets with his other hand. And it's also alchemy. I was looking up alchemy. Um, online and it looks like Apple bought them out in February 24th, 2015. So almost we were, two years ago. Yeah, we were sad. And I had no, I you know, not being, and we've talked about this a number of times, I'm always focused about music technology in like traditional band choir, orchestra, general music, guitar, you name it. I'm, I'm My mindset's there. And, but Paul has this other side where he plays around with the actual what people traditionally call music technology, which is the digital audio, digital audio workstations and digital synthesizers and stuff. So he comes at this with a whole different appreciation. So when he was all excited about alchemy, I was like, "What? what, what is what's it? that?" You know. And so. I'm I'm playing around with too. You know, as, as using an iPad as a, as an um, instrument. You know, and what can I? What can my kids at home do with this stuff? And the answer is more and more. And GarageBand is free. Yeah, it is now. It didn't used to be. Well, and if you don't have it, it's like $5. So. Yeah, even then, yeah, and you have to have a pretty old iPad at that point where you did actually have to pay for it. Right. You know, it's been since 2013. So besides Alchemy being put into here, here's the vocal effects. Oh, what, what, what did we do earlier? We put a loop in here, didn't we? Yeah, we, we like put a loop in. So any. Um, like a, just a piano or a guitar or something or whatever that just gives you some sense of, of pitch. So Paul's just dragging that over into its own track. I think you had to do it one more time. No, it's okay. We all do it. And just leave it into its own track. There you go. And, and so what Paul did is he dressed, if you, if you open up the loops and once you, that's the one goofy thing about GarageBand is that you have to have a track existing before you can access the loops. You can't just start with the loops. So you have to like create what I call to my, to my kids when we're working with GarageBand, I call it a, a garbage yep. track. 
You have to create a garbage track that you'll delete later, but then you can pull the loop out. So then he pulls the loop out and it's for the first eight measures. Well, one of, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that they've done now um, with, with audio recording, but they've even made it so that um, you can do, uh, oh, now it's skipping my brain, what do you call it? Auto-tune. Auto-tune. Auto-tune while you're recording. So the very first thing you do is you just hit record. And what, where's the, by the way, where's the microphone on the um Yeah, I was wondering Pro? the same thing. I know I where it is on the here. iPad. I think it's over two. at the top, but don't quote me on that. I was looking to see if there's a pinhole in your case. There is not. Wait, oh, yeah, see. there it is. It's in the same spot. And since the iPad Air 2, it's been located right above the volume controls. So that's where it's located. So anyway, um, Paul's created this loop. And if you push play, you can hear it. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take off the um, metronome. Eh, yeah, we're going to take off the metronome. And um, everything's a dial now. The entire interface for choosing instruments has changed. Yep. So you, if you've been teaching GarageBand, you're going to need to go into GarageBand and see what it can do um, because it's very, very different. And there's this thing called pitch control under um, extreme tuning. Extreme tuning. It's in the fun section. It's in the fun section. Was it after the first take that allowed us to do the, the multiple tracks? Right. Okay, yeah, there's so, multiple tracks and so, there's new effects. So here's what we're going to try. And this is going to be me not really singing very well at the moment. Just, you know, just kind of do something here. Let me hear it again. Okay, I'm going to try recording to that. We'll see how this works. La, la, la. All right, really bad recording there, but that's okay. But we've got pitch correction. We've got pitch correction when it plays back. And then um, trying to figure out where it let us do the multiple, multiple takes. takes. It actually was allowing us to do multiple takes. I'm trying to find out where that's sitting. Or is it in the studio? Oh, do you know what it was? There was this extra button for settings. Yeah, there's a new button for settings. And in there is where it was um, track in track settings. Recording. Recording. And you actually have to turn multiple recording on. But then what you can do is you can record. Um, if I record that again... And then what it's going to appear as, and I know you can't see this, so that's too bad it's not a video podcast, but um, it has a little number two. And what will happen is, is when I push play back. Wow, that's really, oh, it's got a lot of, of, lot of effects going on. And I don't know if we've got the auto tune going on in that one. What we have to set for the... the... <laughs> you can hear it through all sorts of crazy stuff. But then if we select it, and, and with GarageBand, you select the track or the segment, you do it twice, and now there's an option that says take, and you can change the lead vocals to what you want to do. So if your kid, if you're a student, if your kid or you yourself are, are recording something, you can just re keep recording takes. And then choose the one that's best. You don't have to like delete it and start over, because sometimes you you actually your your one take was the best. Yeah. And then you think about it forever, and you're like, oh, I wish I could have saved that. Well, Apple fixed that problem. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the keyboard track is up there. That's what that's part of the problem is it's recording the keyboard track in your vocal. Oh, track. that's true because we put it, we didn't turn our monitor off or whatever. Right. 
yeah, which was an option. We're just dinking around without headphones here. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you'll have to check out GarageBand. Last year they added all the Chinese the instruments and Chinese stuff yep. and stuff. And now this year it's mm. wow. It's so again to get into that track setting after you've recorded something on the very top left, there's the instrument selection, the track view. And now when you're actually recording is where you get the, that option. It's a new little dialog box that didn't used to be there that allows you to pull up those options for track settings or your output options. Looks like three little sliders. Yep. And that pops it all over to the side and opens up your options. So more and more stuff to play with and more things turning an iPad or an iPhone into an honest DAW. Yeah. And then they've connected, for those of you that use Logic Pro on your laptop, they're making connections there too. So now if I'm in Logic Pro on my laptop working, I can send a file to GarageBand on my iPad and add to it while I'm on the road. And we just tried this one time and what basically it does is it dumps an audio file it bounces it down as a, a single track, an audio file, into my iPad, and then I can add to it. I can't edit what was there, but I can add to it and, and keep going while I'm on the road, on the bus, whatever. And then when I come back, and, and iCloud is the go-between, by the way. Um, it saves out a logic on the Mac into iCloud, pulled in from iCloud onto my iPad, and then work onto it or work it, add to it, change it and um, save it back and then when I open it in Logic on my Mac all the changes are there and my old tracks were there too by the way. Now what DAW do you use most on your MacBook? Logic. Okay so Logic's your key choice. Yep. You've done a little bit of stuff with the Personas. Studio One. Studio One. Which there is a free version of Studio One. Yep. And then here on your iPad Cubasis. Cubasis. Is your main one? Yep. And do you, how much Time do you spend on GarageBand? Just curious. Not a lot. Yeah. Okay. But not, I don't know. Now, now, now that it has um, Alchemy, I'll spend a little bit more. But there is one drawback, in, in that's trying to get GarageBand to talk to some of these other apps. Um, so, eh, you know, there's still... Apple likes its walled-off gardens. <laughs> well, there's, there was another setting in there, too, as we were looking at GarageBand, about um, in the, the instrument selection deal. Um, there was... a. And boy, I'll tell you guys, the instrument selection deal looks very different. But there was the external play and record third-party instruments directly in your GarageBand. So that whole thing looks different than it used to be. Right. In this uh, inter-app audio, it'll GarageBand will record other apps as inter-app audio, but it doesn't go the other way. Okay, gotcha. Because, like I said, there's a whole bunch of us that are really excited about Alchemy coming back, but now we have to figure out how to get those. Files sounds out of there, out of GarageBand, and use it into like QBS, into uh, QBasis. QBasis. Interesting. I didn't realize Alchemy was that big of a deal, but that's fun. <laughs> and then Logic also will import XML music XML files. Yeah. So that was kind of, and it's not. I don't know. We we tried it with one of my files, and it pulled a whole score over, and it named the tracks like flute, alto, tenor sax. But it didn't assign it any sound. So you have to go in and actually assign the flute track a flute sound or whatever. And then there's some issues with the drum set mapping notes over correctly. So you'd have to play with it. But it's an option now to bring like files from Notion that we've done music notation files for. We can dump them into Logic. Yeah, we weren't sure what the practicality is of that. 
at the point at this current unless um does logic show the like the actual like music notes does that do that yes. like um garage band on the mac well yeah because if you do that i mean ultimately you could see the score there too um which is another interesting piece and so it's the, actually there and it looks right yeah the score is here wow I, I think i wonder if this is a knee-jerk reaction to presonus and their latest updates with Studio One and Notion working hand in hand there. I don't know. I, I would, I would have. I, I love Notion. I'd find it hard to believe that they would move the needle for yeah. Apple. I don't know. I don't know. But it's there. Let us know why you're using it. Let us know how you're using it. Yeah, and definitely. Um, email is metpodcast at gmail and we also put our podcast on SoundCloud. And again, want to thank Ubercord for sponsoring us for this year. Uh, again, Ubercord is an app, iPhone app, I think primarily. Yep. Um, you can use it on an iPad, but you have to find it. You have to download it, kind of, you know, especially to look at iPhone apps to do it. But it's a interactive guitar deal, and they have some new um, agreements, which are going to allow you to um, learn all kinds of songs. They have a with one of the music publishers. Nice. And um, they've got some other things in the work too, but. I think that's out, and um, so we are very, very thankful to Ubercord for their hosting. I'll make sure that we we credit Bring them that for that. Up. Yeah, easy to forget that in the midst of everything else. Um, Paul, anything else about like music conferences or the music conference here that that's in your brain after a couple of days of sessions or? Go attend your music conference. Get out of your little hole in the wall wherever you are, and go talk to people. That's the only thing I can say is share your thoughts. And I just, I love the, the vendor area, not because of the free popcorn or uh, candy bars or pizza or chocolate chocolate or um, whatever. But just um, number one, I get to see the people that, the, the, the relatively few technology products that are there. And uh, I get to see those people that, that down the road I see at other conferences. But also that's where you make the connections where you learn about the new things that are happening and what's on the horizon. And, and sometimes you get some ideas of what things to look for and um, it's just good it's it's fun to be at these state conferences and give back and then also to kind of take some stuff back with you it's worth the time it's worth the registration so i don't know is there anything else we're going to cover today i think that's i think that's it oh i mean both of us have tried some things this is paul's first try at an airbnb yep i haven't done that yet i'm still at a hotel the one i tried for the first time in tampa was uber okay have you ever done uber before nope. That is, I mean, now, if you've done Uber for a long time, you're going to be like, yeah, dummy, that's that's really easy. Um, in fact, that's one of the things I said in my presentation about the iPad was we, we are always amazed at the apps that people don't know about. You know, you show Notion and you show somebody drawing, you know, you draw in the, you get the in-app purchase for the handwriting and you draw a note and it turns into a actual note Digital and people music. like literally gasp in the audience. Happens every, every time. time. Or you scan the music and you hear somebody say out loud, no way, you know, that kind of, well, for me, it was Uber. I've heard about Uber for a long time, but I ended up taking a taxi from the Tampa airport to um, the hotel. It was like $25 with tip. The Uber was 11 Oh, boy. On the way back. So when I asked at the front desk, they're like, no, just do Uber. I'm like, I don't know. I've never done Uber before. They're like, no, just do it. And then I used it for the rest of my trips to the Tampa Convention Center and back. So... You know, a lot not cheaper. Right. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. Good and drivers, good, good cars. drivers, no issues. Yeah, you know, now again, I'll, you know, I don't want to be the person that ends up with somebody being dismembered in the back <laughs> of a trunk with some crazy Uber driver. But you know, 
Same it's, thing with Airbnb. A lot of the places I looked at were like a room in somebody's house, which is kind of a weird thing to wrap my mind around. We ended up with our own little like apartment, kitchen, living room, dining room, two bedrooms. It's great. In fact, Paul and I were even talking about CDs in the same context about wrapping your mind around different ways of doing things. Yep. You know, and how I sold my entire CD collection to buy my first iPad back in uh, 2010. Yeah. And Paul said to me, he said, I still like. I want that CD. in my hands. I want, and, the, I want to read it, look yep, at it. And he opens it up, the, the the CD, and he reads through the, the what do you call it, the, leaf, the booklet notes, or whatever, whatever yeah. reads through it. Then it probably gets sealed up and put, put back, back on the shelf. <laughs> you know, but nonetheless, you know, we all have those things. So it's it's interesting to see how the world is changing. You know, and after just doing that Uber, I can see how self-driving cars could be the future. Sure. Where you don't own a car and just when you need to go somewhere, you put in Call your on. phone and it drives itself to you and you get in and it drives you off and then you leave. Yeah. And then I could see that. So yeah. it's, it's a little scary, though, to think about ownership. I suppose obese people still, I want to drive myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's a changing world. It's a changing world. <clears throat> so, all right. Thank you for joining us. We'll have a guest on soon. Yep, we're working on who that will be. And it's just been a little busy. We're, we're doing our... Christmas. Our, yeah, Christmas. And um, I'm doing our musical now, after school. So that really crunches the time. Yep. So, and we'll try to get going here again soon. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for joining us.